You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Hello and welcome along to the latest Today's Conveyancer podcast. I'm delighted this week to be joined by Scott Rees. Scott is the head of IT at Express Legal uh, and interestingly also is a franchisee, Scott. So uh, we're interested today to talk a little bit about your experience as a a franchisee, but also today we're going to be talking a bit about compliance for law firms, compliance for conveyances, what the current landscape looks like. We've got a bit to get through, I think. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure. Um, yeah, so um, for those of you that might have heard my dulcet tones before, um, I'm Scott Rees. I'm head of IT at Express Legal Services. Um, I'm also a franchisee and I joined the network back in 2007 um, after leaving uh, an IT role installing um, software systems in GP surgeries. Um, fancy the change, found the Express Legal Network and signed up and, and joined. Um, the rest is history. The rest is history, yeah. Um, back in those days, um, the hot topic really was um, online ordering platforms. Um, those days have gone now. It's all about integration, integration, integration. Um, but yeah, it, it was uh, it was exciting times, uh, completely new to us. And we, we jumped in with both feet, went through the extensive training, uh, and then I say we launched our franchise uh, April 2007. Okay, so it's a good while ago now. There's been a huge amount of change in that time, hasn't there? It was just before a recession, the last one. <laughs> the property market <laughs> great, in 2008 to decided to take then. a turn, didn't it? So um, whilst it was exciting, it was also quite daunting um, because we were trying to build a business around the property sector in, in, in the midst of a, of a recession um which we managed to you know get through that uh, and then um keep the business going um along with you know a big group of us as well that you know there's, there's still existing franchisees from back in them days um and it, yeah it's been a it's been a bit of a roller coaster to be fair but an enjoyable roller coaster <laughs> having chatted to the express legal team quite a number of times over the years I understand that actually, whilst you join having had an interest in property, a number of the franchisees or most of the franchisees don't actually come from a searches background. It's a very deliberate recruitment policy. You yourself, as you say, an IT manager, IT and GP surgeries. Yeah, that's right. Um, that, that that's the beauty of of the, of the network. Currently, there's uh, 26 um, offices around the country. Um, and we all know each other very well, so we all share the burden. Um, when you when you when you join the group, um, everybody's you know open to sharing their knowledge and um, making sure that consistency is key. Um, so you know throughout throughout the three hundred and forty odd councils that we you know deliver local authority searches for everybody follows the same format we all work on the same system there's you know it's we, we've got a cloud-based platform that we all work within 
Um, and the other unique thing with Express Legal Services um, is that we have um, an inter-network uh, cross-bordering system. So whilst my territory is Cumbria, you know, my clients can instruct me to carry out a search in London and that will go out to our London branch and they will carry out the search, send the search back through to us and then we'll deliver that back to our clients. We've just been chatting before uh, we started to record about the fact that the franchise still exists. You know, we've seen other franchises start to disappear in the search industry. Um, and I know you wear a couple of hats, the IT one we're going to come on to shortly, but what's a, what's a day in the life of an express legal franchisee like? Busy. Uh, very busy Uh, people sort of say to you work for yourself you know you have much more you know it's much more flexible and you know there's no days off there are no days off predominantly it's all about the customer service and we you know we strive to deliver the reports on time all of the time there's over 150 staff that work within express legal services um myself um we've got a team of six so not only are we running the business and making sure that the all of the data is is you know is right before it's delivered back we're also managing the team your nine to five day is delivering to the customer everything outside of that is running running the business side of things the accounts the marketing it's a 24-hour job to be fair and and that comes down to like when what we didn't realize when we've relaunched our online ordering platform about seven years ago there are conveyances out there that are in the same boat as we are 24 7 business they're ordering products at three o'clock in the morning you know and flexible working and 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 everything else that's that's coming over the last few years we was quite astounded that actually for our customers is a 24-hour service as well so quite eye-opening um I'd recommend it to anyone, obviously, because I'm still here after what 15, 16 years. It's just a, it's just a joy to be part of the network. Is the day to day still things like going to the council and yeah. actually getting the search? Are you still involved in that on a on a day to day basis? I sort of help out where I can with that because the IT side of of the of the business uh, and supporting the 150 staff and you know all of our clients that use it on a on a daily basis um is 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 a full-time job on its own uh whilst over the last five years we've expanded the team greatly around just within the it department and we have our own in-house development team as well but the business has really invested in in that side of it going back to your question yes we do um, it all depends on the local authorities that you inherit. Um, so in, in, in our territory, we've got a couple of local authorities where the data is HMLR. So you can get the land, the land charge data through HMLR, but you still then have to harvest the rest of the CON29 data from the other council departments. Um, so you've got that hybrid. You can't just now order a search through the local authority. Um, also one of the things that we like to do is express legal services have been trading around 25 years um so we've got a vast amount of data 
Um, so when we're bringing in data from these different sources and then bringing them together to collate our reports, we can also do some validation against our historic data, um, which helps uh, massively because digitizing the land charges um, is a massive challenge for HMLR. You know, HMLR will back me up on this. There's probably not a single council in this land that does things in the same way on how they maintain and store their own data. So when I first started off and one of my particular councils, you were only allowed to do um, four searches there because the land charge officer had to come down three flights of stairs with um, Kalamazoo ledgers. So you was it wasn't only it wasn't that the data wasn't there, it was that the, the land charge officer couldn't carry enough to get you down and they certainly wouldn't take you up to their records office. So, you know, with 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 digitization and it's and it is slow, it is a slow process. Uh, some local authorities are putting more and more data online um, under you know pressure from from government and the, and now getting some funding to do that. But we still got councils where you rock up and there's a plotting sheet on the wall. You find a grid reference. You then search by parish and find a folder. And in that folder, there's a raft load of PDFs that you have to trawl through and find out the relevant information you're looking for to compile that search. All depends on the local authority. As I say, there's over 300 and there's over 300 different ways of getting that data. We have recently done a podcast about the consultancy solicitor model. Yeah. And a very similar kind of setup. It's a franchise effectively and very similar sentiment shared, really, in that there's a day job. There's, yeah. there's the legal work that they do nine to five. But also then beyond that, there are uh, challenges around actually running the business. Like yeah. you say, you know, some marketing support. Uh, some of the uh, consultants have taken on uh, additional staff themselves in their own uh, in their own business. It sounds very similar and uh, I think some of the challenges that you kind of talk about are shared all part of running a business isn't it? Yeah I think though that the, the comfort of being part of a network is that you're not out there and, and you're not alone and and that you know that that is the, that is the benefit. Imagine me stepping out of IT and trying to discover how to put together a land charges search as well as as, as starting a business. We'll talk about your second job in Express now, which is head of IT. So you're a franchisee, but you've also taken on this role of, of head of IT. Yeah. What are the big challenges from a compliance and IT point of view for conveyances? You you, you mentioned that you're part of a, a forum that's Chatham House Rules. You can't say a huge amount about it, but you're part of this forum that kind of talks about the challenges that, that conveyances face from a compliance point of view. My other hat at Express Legal, um, so along with my wife, I run the um, the franchise on a day-to-day -day basis, but I've got to be honest, she runs it more than I run it. So Wendy's, Wendy's wholly in charge of the, of the franchise side of things. Um, with the IT side of things, um, Express committed to a huge reinvestment in rebuilding their platforms around about nine years ago. Um, and asked me to help out because of my background. And again, that's another benefit of being in the network. And as you say, you don't have to come from a legal background. You know, there's there's people from all walks of life that are within our network. So a lot of the time you can reach out within and they've got some experience of 
of what you know of what the challenges that we face are and can and advise on that um, which is where I stepped in with the IT and we looked at the IT and it was as I say them days it was all about online ordering and people needed the ability to order quickly online nowadays it's all about integrations so being able to be in one place and have a pathway to many services um, that you want one of the um, interesting parts of the journey has been for us is predominantly we're searches we're search experts but the landscape has changed and compliance and know your client um, has become the hottest topic searches of sort of they're part of the middle of the process um, and that's what we're experts in doing however we are whole of market providers so we don't just work with any one provider for id checks source of funds environmental searches you know we we need to be able to give our clients a pathway to everything that they need to be able to do their job in the most efficient and timely manner we decided to put um, a compliance journey together um, about 18 months ago we sat around the table and looked at all of the pain points for the law firms so everything from you know putting an estimate together and getting that estimate signed off by the consumer doing the due diligence on the client moving through to ordering the searches completing the legal forms that's needed as part of the process and then all of the pre and post completion elements so sdlt ap1 all of that solution needed to be provided for along with giving the law firms the choice of the products that they wanted to use and that's the important point for me that i know that, you know people think the computer says no the computer should never say no there shouldn't be never there should never be barriers to working the way you want to work we sit with our with our, our law firm clients and we talk through their process and explain to them where we can help them potentially be in one place and using all of the um, tools that's available to them to to do their job so what do you see as the key kind of compliance challenges for conveyances today let's talk about digital id checks with you know um, safe harbor or nfc chip recognition whilst covid escalated that issue and made people look at these products in a wider way now that law firms have started to open again law firms still like to do their own witnessing of a person so come in with a passport we'll take a copy and we'll we, you know we'll both sign it together and we've witnessed you are who you are on some of the other podcasts you've talked to it's all about sort of surveying your client and their clients needs and finding out which way they want to work it's inevitable that these new products will need further adoption within the legal sector uh, and that's why we're there making sure that them products are available when the law firms make a decision that that's something they want to include in their processes in days gone by that's you know with a copy of a passport signed and an, and an aml you was you was doing what you needed to do to identify that client going forward obviously now there's much more accurate technology around that will will help law firms especially around onboarding and what we've done um is made sure that there's an opportunity to to check again at key stages 
I think it was Sally on a previous podcast that you had was talking about um, she was sure that there was a time when she'd received her searches and in that six months for that transaction to complete, things may well have been added to the land charge register. You know, uh, our mantra is refresh, refresh, refresh. And, and where possible, um, we, we make sure that we offer that service to law firms. Regulatory bodies love tick boxes and check boxes. The technology should help the user. The technology should be completing those check boxes and making sure that at the end of every matter where the matter, man, matter management is in place, that they can just run off an audit report and present that to the assessor and say, this is what we did. You talked about integration. That's uh, an interesting topic because it, it, I think integration means different things to different people. What does integration mean to you? So integration, and I've always said this, is a very woolly term. So integration can be anything from triggering an email or opening up a website that you have to log into. That's in its most basic format. However, you know, you can't, we, we have the technology now. Uh, we made a, a decision to make sure that our systems were positioned in the cloud. Um, and they're positioned in the cloud because that gives us a much better interaction between other products providers, case management providers, um, and others, other platforms that come in the future. So we make sure that we, you know, we're, we don't, we're not on the crest of the wave, you know, which we're in the wave, but we're making sure that our tech is always up to date, secure, accessible. Integration going further down the road, the member of a law of a conveyancing team, whether it's a law firm, licensed conveyancer, or whoever, uh, should be able to access the systems um, however they need to, what's most efficient for them. Unfortunately, it's 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 a difficult task speaking to um, you know, there's hundreds of legal case management platforms out there. Our API is there and up and running as long as the case management system provider has got time in the roadmap and is happy to work with us, we will crack on and and build the integrations however they need it to do. So that can be anything from, again, depending on the law firm, kicking off with the estimate side of things and then into the due diligence at the start on the person um, and then moving through to ordering other products that can all be driven from within their case management system into our various platforms to help law firms do their job. API and integration will reduce the number of hurdles that they have to jump through to get their jobs done. So, you know, it saves minutes, but minutes make hours, you know, and, and, hours, and hours brings back efficiency. You mentioned that cyber's a, a big issue for you, and we've done a podcast very recently on cyber risk and the, and the perils of, uh, of paying lip service to it. Within your own organisation, you presumably have got some requirements for your suppliers to be cyber secure. You've got your own requirements for cyber security. Talk me through kind of the, the steps that you take around that. So back in 2019, we was partnering with um, another supplier and throughout the chats of building an integration, uh, the, the, the conversation around cyber popped up. 
and we thought whilst our regulatory bodies at that point wasn't really sort of highlighting anything around cyber um, express legal decided to go off and and go through the process of cyber essentials but not just cyber essentials so filling out the the self-assessment form we went that step further we went and 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 explored how we became cyber essentials plus and the reason we wanted cyber essentials plus was that again you know a talk about barriers and barriers to working together express legal really 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 you know uh, they're very conscientious about the data that we store on behalf of our clients um, and we have gone away and gone through that process to make sure that we're in line with law firms and the guidance that they're receiving from their own regulatory bodies are on top of what the government guidance is to make sure that SMEs are, you know, are aware of what goes on around uh, cyber and, and cyber criminality. Um, and I think it's really important that, you know, we are seen to be as conscientious, especially around client data, as the law firms are. So, so you know, on top of that, we introduced um, data retention policies around uh, client data. So uh, well, consumer data, it, it always gets confusing when you're talking clients, clients, clients. So let's talk consumers. Consumer data, you know, is 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 more important now than it's ever been so you've got to protect the consumer's data so we put we put strict data retention policies in so that once we've carried out the services that we've been that's been requested of us by the law firms we only retain that data for a period that sensible because there's no there's no need for us to store let's say it was your personal information there's no need for us to store that after we've delivered our products you know invoiced and completed our cases uh, it's handed over to the law firm and it then becomes the law firm's jurisdiction to look after that data under their own data retention policies so we harvest out or hash out or delete um, and you know take away any data that's personally identifiable on the other hand we have multiple different data retention policies so where a local authority search is in place you know there's no point us archiving that off because the only personal data in there is the you know it was signed off by this council member or this planning officer or blah 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 and so we we you know we retain documents that don't contain any personally identifiable information because that gives the law firm the opportunity to come and grab that data if there's ever a need to grab it again. And um, what we've recently sort of looked at doing as well is um, mapping out data, because again, something and around cyber and around the way that law firms are working, um, it, it, they've got to consider data sprawl. So where where is that data going? What has it been used for? You know, ultimately it's their client and they want to to know where that data is going, where it's being used. So we, we can put a data map together and say, this is where the data is used. This is the retention policy based on that data and issue that. And that also backs up the law firm's processes then because they can also then say, oh yes, we work with these suppliers. They are as conscientious about the data as we are. And this is their data map, um, which firms again will start to ask for as as they have to 
do deeper matter risk assessment and with GDPR coming in and subject access requests, if they ever get a subject access request, they obviously need to know where that data has been and gone. I think it's important that firms understand that from the suppliers, that then there's a need there for it. They might not be thinking about it right here, right now, but 100% it's coming because matter, matter risk assessment and firm risk assessment, it's all about whether the law firms can demonstrate that they, they're fully covered. And I think that's a really fair point to make, actually, Scott, because firms will need to start vetting their suppliers ultimately. As you say, you know, it's about making sure that from their own risk assessment point of view, they are working with providers and suppliers that are aware of all of this responsibility that uh, that that comes with data access and, and GDPR and, and all that all that kind of stuff. So it's a really interesting point to make. We are out of time and it's been really interesting to chat. We've got two hats here that we've sort of been talking about we've talked about your express experience and and the day in the life of the franchisee and then obviously we've talked about your IT experience so we've definitely gone around the houses pun very much intended Um, (laughs) but it's been great to have you on the podcast thanks very much indeed for joining. Thanks for inviting me it's been a it's been a great experience and I hope we can do it again sometime. The Today's Conveyancer podcast is available on your preferred podcast provider. It's also available on todaysconveyancer.co.uk. My thanks to Scott. Thank you very much indeed for listening. And we'll see you again soon. You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.